Welcome back to Pardon My Franchise, the podcast about how many of that are there? <laughs> I'm Nora. I'm joined by Autumn. Hello. Uh, movie. Movie. We now watched, more than ever. We watched movie. <laughs> we did watch movie. We watched Da Mem F Cinema. Da Mem F Cinema. <laughs> we are entering the Roboverse. We are entering the Roboverse. With Robocop. With Robocop. From 1987. I was thinking 87. Nice. Uh, now what number am I thinking of? Um, 87 again, actually. No. It was 69. Damn. <laughs> um, Why I'm... didn't you type in Dark Knight Returns? What are you doing? Okay, 86. Okay. The... Remembering something. That's all. I'll, I'll bring it up in a minute. Will you? Yeah, I will. I had a conversation about Robocop and The Dark Knight Returns, but let's tell people this is directed by Paul Verhoeven, mm-hmm. stars Peter Weller, and um, a cast of every TV actor from the late 80s and early 90s that you love. That's right. Uh, Jellico is here. Leland Palmer is here. Albert is here. Um, the dad from that 70s show is here. All your favorite TV actors in this movie because <laughs> they did, they spent a lot of money on this. It was not on the cast, but that's fine because these actors are fucking incredible in this movie. Nora, do you want to tell people the plot of RoboCop? Well, I didn't recognize any of these people that you did except for the That 70s Shows guy. Yeah. It's really funny because he's just a sitcom dad and here he is in this movie, Bitches Leave. <laughs> he's a fucking comic book supervillain in this movie. It's amazing. I thought that was the other guy from the Twin Peaks that said bitches leave. No, no. Um, Albert is having two ladies um, like snort cocaine. Like he's snorting cocaine yeah. off of two ladies' titties. And then uh, the dad from that 70s show runs oh, in and says okay. bitches leave. Right. I forgot. I thought Robocop entered that scene. Robocop didn't enter the scene. No. The year is something. It is Detroit. Uh, the I'm cops. Gonna see, I'm gonna see if I can find a year on this. I don't the, think it's said in the movie, but I'm curious now. The cops are funded and managed by OCP. Well, yes, I was going to say Omni Consumer Products, <clears throat> and they have two solutions to the uh, crime that is happening. Mm-hmm. One is the electric droid. What is it? Enforcement droid? Uh, 
Ed 209, I want to say. Oh, yeah. Um, I think it's the enforcement droid. Yeah, the enforcement droid. 209, which is a big fucking Robotash ass. Yeah. (laughs) uh, Little mech guy. Yeah. It's like, what, eight, ten feet tall? And this is being... One of the perspectives we get in the story is, um, like, the the executive suite at um, uh, OCP and the Ed 209 project is being helmed by um, Dick Jones, played by Jellicoe, who is a very cutthroat executive, um, and this is, like, his project, his proposal, basically. It's a big robot. Big robot. It's a big stop-motion robot. Looks incredible. We'll get to that. The other one is the RoboCop project, which Mm -hmm. is kind of the same thing. They're both kind of RoboCop projects. Yeah, they're both kind of RoboCop projects. But a cyborg police officer who eats baby food is the other one. Yeah. And they've gathered a bunch of um, potential candidates for that by moving uh, police officers around from one district to another. Enter uh, Alex Murphy. Alex Murphy, yeah. Who's just been transferred. He's got a new partner. He's, uh, you know, he's a guy. He twirls his gun because his kid likes to watch a laser western where the guy uh, yeah, twirls his gun. Yeah. Uh, they... Uh, he, he is They assigned... intercept a, like, truck from a robbery... Yeah, that has a gone bank wrong heist. and ends up getting shot a billion times by the guys and tortured and killed. Mm-hmm. And then OCP comes in, turns him into Robocop, gives him four directives. One of them's a secret till later. Yeah. What are the first three? Um, to serve uh, the public trust serve the public trust uphold the law uphold the law is number three uh, uphold the law is number three um keep people safe i want to say um i'm gonna i'm gonna control f directives here um serve the public trust protect the innocent uphold the law yeah um first two not going to enter into this because it's not kind of kind of just like here for flavor text because it turns out primes prime directives three and four are what's going to actually matter in the story you know not th- not to say that that's not important flavor text i think I it feel is like protect the innocent will matter more in the sequels when he starts hanging out with children yeah yeah when they when they somehow are going to pivot this to being like four kids because kids think robocop is cool um, i mean he's cool so okay, I have I have so many opinions that I'm sitting on. Let's finish the the uh, RoboCop does some stuff. He punches some people. He shoots some people. He's stopping crimes by you know killing people mm-hmm. and punching people. And eventually, he remembers that he's Murphy, and he goes after all of the people who made him RoboCop. Yeah, because they're all breaking the law. And then uh, at the end, they're like, what's your name? And he looks and he says, Murphy. <laughs> and then it cuts to the title. Yeah. And that's that's the end. It's weird that we... There's, there's a lot of, like, kind of, like, detective story stuff that we cut out there. And it matters. It's good. But, like, you know, broad strokes. He's just following the trail and, like, finding yeah. the guy who 
cinches yeah. out another guy and then he goes to get that guy. Yeah. Directive totally. four is that if he tries to arrest a member of the OCP board, um, he'll shut down. This is circumvented in the end when a guy just says, You're fired and then he's like <laughs> And Robocop just Bam Bam shoots him. Um there's a guy holding a woman as a shield, and the way that he's able to shoot him is to uh, aim at the body parts that don't overlap between the two of them. Yeah. I.e. shooting him in the dick. Yep. Because he... I guess he's a little shorter than her, because his dick is lower than her And I crotch. guess she got that thigh gap thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um... So, this movie's incredible. Yeah. And much like Starship Troopers, it is intercut with news reports and commercials and stuff. Yeah. Um, so, I guess let's start there. Get lots of first-person POV from Robocop. So, Rick and I... Before, he's Robocop also. Yes. Yes. Um, Rick and I were talking about Dark Knight Returns in relation to Robocop. Because we were talking about the, the comic book... Um, <clears throat> robocop versus terminator and we were also talking about how frank miller gets involved in the later movies frank miller the writer of dark knight returns it's interesting and i'll just tell you the story that rick told me and i don't like i don't have any like you know of my own sources to back this up but basically dark knight returns uh, a 1986 series uh for people who don't know about frank miller writes like Sort of an end to Batman as a figure. Um, he, it's like Batman is like 60 years old now and Gotham is a like cyberpunk dystopia and Batman is basically like the one fascist left in town to hold this shit together. Um, and one of the cooler aspects of Dark Knight Returns um, is... It's just like a wash in TV screens. You'll get like, like one of the early pages of that book is like, um, like it's like a 12 panel grid that's all just TV screens, you know? Um, and it's fucking cool. Um, and they totally just steal that for this movie. Just 100% that is lifted from Dark Knight Returns into this movie. Um, and it's only that one shot. Well, but, but this movie similarly is like a wash in like images in news broadcasts there's really cool like stuff of like the news anchor is sitting there and the whole thing has like a filter over it to make it look like it's being broadcast on tv and then inset in that image um is like this like robocop like getting interviewed by the press and like that image is getting like um moving around all on the screen with like late 80s computer graphics it's so fucking cool it's so sick robocop is neat robocop is neat cool and, robot and like the the movie opens and periodically is interrupted by like commercial breaks there's a commercial break with like um a godzilla monster like terrorizing the town um and it's an advertisement for the 6000 sux um there is like this movie I, I say all this because the coolest part of this of this movie to me was um, the, like, its relationship, I think, to, to, like, superhero comics 
Um, I think this is like very heavily inspired by superhero comics, and I think it's heavily inspired by like it, it's very, very like science fictiony, very like, and and I say that in like, I watch this movie and it like reminds me of like Philip K. Dick books and and Kurt Vonnegut books, and also like um, if you went to a comic store and just picked up like. Tales of the Weird or whatever. And it's just like, here's like a, here's a anthology, a magazine anthology of like six sci-fi short stories or whatever um, that would just come out in the 60s and 50s and stuff. Um, that was like the, the like headspace I was in for most of this movie. And then having that sort of tone to it. And then this movie is also just like part of selling the, like science fictioniness of it is having it be a like totally in conversation with the like eighties media culture and showing how dystopian the eighties media culture is. And then you look at like how our present moment <laughs> is just an extension of that. And it's fucking cool. And I don't know if I'm, if I'm, if I'm making sense right now, but, um, Robocop, Robocop, stay out of trouble, stay out of trouble. <laughs> Um, he's for the children he's a friend to all children so okay <laughs> he does that little oh. so <laughs> so yeah that's like what he's the perfect cop he doesn't need to sleep he doesn't need to eat he can be on 24 7 okay so i have a i have a thought Stimming out from that, and I'll, I'll sort of the like purge would happen if there weren't any cops. If the yes. cops went on strike, a purge would happen. Yeah. So, so because me... the cops, because the people who caused the purge to happen are the people who run the cops. One of the one of the like media images like is recurrent throughout this is like um, Murphy's kid watches this show called T.J. Taser, and T.J. Taser um, is like a cowboy type cop type guy uh those two things run together in this movie like what is a cowboy and what is a cop laser um t oh is it tj laser yeah it is okay it's not there are no tasers in robocop no there are not (laughs) um i wonder if tj laser subtly influenced the uh idea of laser ted as a name um tj laser (laughs) so um like, TJ Laser is this, like, cowboy cop type guy, and he, like, spins his gun, and Murphy, um, he's, like, kind of doing it to impress his kid, but also he just kind of thinks it's cool. And he's also doing it to impress his new partner. Yeah, who he's definitely, like, hot for, despite, like... I didn't get that impression at all. I think he's hot for her. I think he's cocky. That's true, too. <laughs> I think he would be acting exactly the same way if he was paired with, who's a famous buddy cop guy? One of the famous buddy cops. Uh, Danny Glover. Sure. He would act the Yo. same way if Yo. Danny Glover was there. Yo. Alex Murphy and, <laughs> and Danny Glover's character from Lethal Weapon hanging out would be sick. <laughs> um, I'm just saying, I think he would have acted with the exact smugness and the same winning smile if anyone else was his partner. Yeah, that's true. I think she's more interested in him than he is in her. Oh, absolutely. 100%. She she wants that robo dick. Um that robo see. But yeah, so like 
Um, I was talking about TJ Laser. I was talking about him, like, emulating, like, the cowboy thing. And right. So, like, <laughs> I guess, to me, this movie is, like, very nakedly, like, this all sucks. This is, like, a hellscape dystopia. It's awful that, like, cops act like this. It's awful that the cops are managed by the corporation. It's awful that the corporation is like this. It's awful that, like, the corporation, like, robs Alex of his humanity. Um, well, they specifically cut off an arm that they could have saved. Yeah. And and also, like, um, you know, they rob Alex of his humanity, but, like, Alex, as an instrument of the state, is robbing other people of his humanity. Like, it's all... It's, like, very layered, right? <laughs> and watching this and knowing that countless people like millions of people watch robocop and think wow cool robocop <laughs> truly just I don't think anybody who really likes robocop is out here saying that robocop is not a satire i, I think people watch starship troopers and robocop and think wow cool robocop i don't know that i don't think i believe that we got doom 2016 guy we were talking about him yeah lots of people think this way <laughs> I don't know about lots of people. I think lots of people watch RoboCop and think this guy is so cool. And he is cool. Like, that's the thing is he is cool. He's really fucking cool. But the thing he is is evil. <laughs> but Even before he's RoboCop. Dread. And when people watch Dread, people aren't saying, wow, Dread is so cool. I wish I could live in the world where Dread exists. Yeah, but Dread comes out of such a different cultural context. But the movie is just a movie. Sure, I'm and just people watch the movie. People love Dread 2013. There's they are not you know unaware of its exaggerated satire. I think I think Dread comes out of um like a tradition of like satirical British comedy stuff, and RoboCop comes out of it is inspired by Dread for certain. I think um. It is one inspiration among many. I'm just saying people love Dread 2013. Yeah, sure. It doesn't matter what the lineage of the comic is. When people's first exposure to it is the movie. But and I think... for what I'm saying, people understand that Dread 2013 is, you know, a dystopia. Mm -hmm. It's exaggerated. It's hyperviolence. It is not just, wow, cool cop. Yeah, and I don't but... think that people generally think about robocop like he's just like a good guy he is a good guy because he's murphy and he's uh -huh. like he he has like conscience in there eventually i guess but like yeah i think even when people see the satire i think some people can't like take the leap that i think the movie is making which is that the cops even before the involvement of ocp even before the robot stuff these cops are evil <laughs> And I think some people just watch this movie and be like, well, the cops are good. It's just that OCP is evil. And I think I think the movie is, it's all, it's all rotten all the way down. His introduced beating up a guy. Yeah, people think that criminals need to be beat up. <laughs> I just don't think you can watch the exaggeratedness of this movie. And I think people do it all the time. I don't know about that. <laughs> um, and I, I'm not saying any of this is a criticism. I think this is some of what makes the movie so good is that it walks this line so well of like, I think the, the, the coolest thing about this movie is that it's so satirical by presenting all these things 
I think I just have maybe I just have more faith in the average viewer than you. I, people walked out of this movie and then went and voted for George Bush the next year. <laughs> <laughs> this is in the second Ronald Reagan term. This but, is this is four years away from from Bill Clinton getting uh, elected because he's the dem- Democrat who's going to be tough on crime and passes the crime bill. <laughs> yeah, like this is people will watch satire yeah. of things that they believe in mm-hmm. and still say, D- "I understand that this is satire, and I'm enjoying the movie." That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I. I, I My parents growing up were constantly. It's just sort of like rolling their eyes at a movie that was like satirizing Republicans or whatever, but mm-hmm. they would still just watch the movie and they understood mm-hmm. that, oh, well, here's a little dig at us. Yeah. But they would still watch the movie. They'd understand that it was satire. Maybe. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, you might be right. I don't... Um. Regardless, knowing that something is satire can sometimes prompt you to feel like you're the superior, smarter audience that gets the satire. That's true. And I want to avoid that impulse every time I can. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Just because it's like, you're probably, like, we're all the same type of human. Yeah. We all have the same pattern recognizing brain. I was reading, um, this book came up on Game Study Study Buddies recently, um, Cultural Studies 1983. And either in the episode on it or in the reading I did, um, Stuart Hall ha- says something. I think maybe I'm quoting from the episode right now because I think I haven't gotten to this part of the book. But um, Stuart Hall says something along the lines of, the funny thing about like false consciousness is that somehow it's always everybody else who's like has false consciousness and you're the one person who has it figured out. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And maybe I'm doing that on this episode. Um, I don't think we had to talk about the satire of the of the dead, of the of the Romero verse in this. True, way. true. Everybody knows that it's, you know. I guess the 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 thing at the root of this is that I love how well this movie walks the line between the satirical, like it's it's presenting everything in this highly exaggerated dystopian science fiction mode. But it is also presenting things kind of flatly. It's never winking at the audience of like... It's very uh, secure, I guess. Yes, yes. It's very confident that it's just going to lay out the thing and it's going to play it straight even though you know that it's exaggerated. And it also doesn't skimp... It doesn't like fumble the emotional aspect of this arc. Yeah. And it just really executes the whole story really well yeah you uh, that's another important thing i think is that it doesn't fumble the emotional stuff i think it's like i think the movie thinks that the police are evil and that like alex murphy is part of an evil thing and also like you have to like sympathize with alex murphy to keep watching the movie on some level you know i have to tell you something like (laughs) i love you (laughs) <laughs> the the coolest thing that that was a little bit overplayed i thought that was like one of the few moments where i thought the movie overdid it um, no uh-uh. i um, don't think robocop overdoes anything <laughs> i think robocop much like a wizard sort of does exactly what it means to <laughs> um the one that i thought was so sick is as he's dying and you just get like it's so cool. You get the first person shots of him on the operating table. 
you get the like extreme close up on what is clearly like Peter Weller's head under a table and then like a little like like he's fucking ash at the end of <laughs> Alien and um um people are working on like the body that is clearly not his body because they're like cutting into it and all this stuff um and then you get intercut with that is just like two little shots of like his life flashing before his eyes and you get like oh there's his wife there's a son and they're gone you know um i thought that was so effective um and i thought it was so like you could just the scene would still be really effective i think if um um it was just them operating on him and the intercut between the first person perspective and the close-up but but that it like also adds this other thing to it um of his life flashing before his eyes i think is so good um i think this movie finds so many like little tiny moments to add in like layers to the um character or the the satire or the um comedy or whatever um and walking into his abandoned apartment yeah Totally. Question mark, which looks like Rivendell. I think his house. Is it a house? Oh, yeah, I meant to tell you. So this is all... How did you think of Dallas, Texas at playing the part of Detroit? <laughs> it looked a little weird, but uh, I didn't notice... I didn't notice that it was Dallas. Apparently, most of the, the houses that they... Like, the interior homes in this movie are just houses they found in Dallas. Like, the one... Yeah. The, <laughs> like, the one um, that... Um, albert is in when the the, they do the bitches leave scene um apparently that was just the house of a guy who like worked on tvs and vhs's for a living and they just like um just shot that in his home didn't dress it up in any way this is the same thing this Um, one looks like what the that he used to live in i just felt it felt like rivendell it did it does feel like it was like oh everything is a draped cloth over it that's kind of fluttering in the wind yes the windows are open yes um oh you can tell that robocop 2014 in this image is shot in toronto (laughs) you can tell this is a toronto ass movie (laughs) um robocop robocop pretty cool stuff um um what else are they gonna say this this movie's got so much we need to talk about the rest of this season because we're gonna watch two more robocops Uh i don't have any idea if they have the same robocop inside do you want to look sure i don't know if he if what's his name peter weller (laughs) sorry why did you just type robocop no i was typing robocop 2 Okay, Robocop 2. He's back to protect the innocent. Right, it's directed by Irvin Kirshner. Lol. Um, stars yeah, Peter, P- Weller, Peter Weller. Dan O'Hillary. Tom Noonan is in this movie. Hell yeah. Robocop 3 stars somebody else. Mm. That is not... Those are Robert not, Burke. Those are not the same lips I know. <laughs> Who plays RoboCop in RoboCop? 2014, you mean? Yeah. Um, Joel jo- Kinnaman. Who Joel is that? Joel Kinnaman. No one I know. Uh, he's Rick Flagg in The Suicide Squad. Oh, I keep meaning to watch The Suicide Squad. I hear it's good. I like Rick Flagg. 
And he's also... Uh, nothing I know. Yeah, nothing I know. Nothing I know. Oh, he's also Rick Flag in Suicide Squad, a movie yeah. I have seen. Yeah. Um, did not recognize this man to be what Rick Flag, but you know, whatever. He's in that Altered Carbon TV show. Oh, I did watch that. Did, I, I thought you did. I couldn't remember. Um, he's not. I, you know what? In that one, he is kind of a robot, so I guess this is uh, appropriate. Before we move on too much from RoboCop 1987. I just wanted to judge your anticipations, anxieties about future RoboCops. What do you expect? What do you not expect? Low expectations. Really. Instantly? Profoundly. <laughs> oh, you have so little faith in the Kirsch? Zero faith. None. Not one ounce of faith in the curse. He made your favorite Star Wars. He did do that. (laughs) What else is Irvin Kirshner direct? I wanted to ask you a question before we got off of talking about Robocop, but now I want to see what else Irvin Kirshner has directed. Um, Filmography. Stakeout on Dope Street. The Young Captives. Hoodlum Priest. Face in the Rain. These are all 60s movies. Wow. Um... The Luck of Ginger Coffee. I bet, is this Roger Corman shit? This is a 50s movie. Yeah, I'll look into this later. I don't know any of A these. Fine Madness, The Flim Flam Man, Loving, Up the Sandbox, S-P-Y-S, uh, The Return of a Man Called Mars, <laughs> Highs of Laura Mars, 1980, The Empire Strikes Back, 1983, Never Say Never Again, the James Bond movie, uh-huh. and then 1990, Robocop 2. And that's it. Um, produced was- some stuff... I'm I'm curious why he just stopped working basically after I mean maybe he just made enough money off of the he Empire Strikes Back old. and never say never again. Yeah, how when how old is Kirshner? I mean he's dead now. I didn't know that. Uh yeah, he, he was, was old. born he was, in nineteen twenty three, so yeah, he, was, he was by the time it was the nineties, he was pretty old. Yeah. <laughs> he was he was he would be, if I'm reading this right, sixty seven directing Robocop two. So yeah. He probably just like did Empire and never say never again. He's like, I'm in his fifty I'm in my fifties, I'm retiring. Fuck this. <laughs> um But yeah. Um, um so so Robocop. Robocop. What was your favorite effects shot? I don't know. There's so many good special effects in well, this movie. Ed two oh nine has one weakness. Yeah. Stairs. S rank stairs in this movie. Shut up, that's not the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> He falls down the stairs and then he cries like a baby. He cries. He cries like a wounded animal. Um, oh, that was our Ed Two Hundred Nine. Yeah, uh, yeah. Minute. Yeah. It has like a like a jaguar. It does. Um, that's probably the. It's probably the best effect shot. Also, the the. The first time Ed 209, like, enters the executive suite, and you get, like, I think it's, like, a miniature that's walking, composited onto um, the thing. But they don't just have, they have the miniatures, I think, to make it, like, move, but they also have just the big, massive model to, like, put it in the room with the people. Um, um, there's There's a lot of really good effects of, like, um, it's gory. You know, like the gore effects in this movie mm-hmm. are like 
something to write home about, you know? Yeah. It's, it's a good movie. It's, it's a good RoboCop. It's yeah, a good movie. movie. Um, Is it better than Starship Troopers? I don't think so, but it's it, they're both five-star movies. I really want to watch Starship Troopers. Yeah, well, we have a long series after RoboCop to watch, and then maybe we can do... What are we doing after RoboCop? After RoboCop, we're doing Highlander. Right. And then after that, we're probably doing Dungeons & Dragons. Right. Because by that point, the new movie will be out. Yeah. Uh, rest in peace, Dungeons and Dragons, or whatever. Yeah, uh, and then uh, after that, maybe we'll do Starship Troopers. Okay. Um, what was I gonna say? Um, I was gonna ask about your expectations moving forward. Yeah, uh, low, really profoundly low. Um, if <clears throat> so, I'm a big fan of 1980s Frank Miller. Um, I am aware that in the 1980s, he's like writing fascist comics for fascists but i enjoy his fascist comics for fascists <laughs> sue me um by the 90s it gets like it gets so overpoweringly fash that it's like hard to enjoy frank miller comics anymore by like 1990 um and i know that he wrote the next two movies um and i know that huh. it, like i know how you just fuck this up and make it a fash thing for fascists. I think it's going to go the other direction. You think it's going to get more satirical? No, I think it's going to get more basic. Yeah. I think it's... I don't think it's going to be... I I, I expect that, you know, it'll be a PG-13. Oh, I don't know. I expect that it'll be... It'll just... It'll be the Terminator 2-ification of Robocop. Sure. That's what I'm expecting. Okay, yeah, I could see that. More catchphrases. Oh, yeah. More Less killing, more action. There's a lot of stuff in this more movie. More stunts. More stunts. That's what I'm expecting. Yes, yes. This is a this is a movie where the, the there's cool action scenes that are kind of low on stunts. There are stunts, but like RoboCop, it's more about the special effects than the stunts, you know? And the, because... action, the, the violence is not action scenes, really. Because yeah. the violence is just sh- shooting a gun. Yeah. They don't do anything crazy with shooting a gun. Yeah. And other than, like, the amputation. Yeah. And there's um, a lot of explosions. Explosions are, like, the engine of... Those guys just get rocket launchers and just start running around shooting random buildings with rocket launchers. Yeah. It's just boys' night as they all are like, ooh, rocket launcher. <laughs> Rocket launcher that has no recoil. They just turn this this scene into like a TF2 server for a second. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, that's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting dull edges on the violence, but more action Mm -hmm. and more activities happening during the action scenes rather than just running and shooting. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm expecting worse effects. Yeah. If you can believe it, if you can the, the effects it. in this movie are fucking incredible. <laughs> this is we okay. Yeah, we watched, but but it would take a lot of a, a lesser effects to go from just a movie to like a movie with bad. Yeah, totally, totally. I'm expecting that totally. it will eventually become actually just like cheesy. Yeah, and not in like you know you know we, what I mean. we watched another um. We watched The Thing last night as well. We did. It's no RoboCop. It's no RoboCop. It's and that no, is it's no Halloween either. <laughs> it's no it's no Prince of Darkness. Um 
The Thing, one of the other, like, heavy hitters, like, best special effects movies of all time, RoboCop, like, goes pound for pound with it. Like, RoboCop is, like, I, I think RoboCop is, like, a better special effects movie. I think movie it just depends on what kind of effects you like better. Yeah. Because, like, RoboCop is hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just, like, you've got the two different Ed 209s, and you've got, like, the i understand that like the the thing is not easy but it is like a thing that you put down into the scene and then you wiggle it around right uh-huh the the sort of like post-production process for robocop has more steps to it i feel like just looking at it than the cool puppet that they got yeah so that's where i go on robocop is better but you could go the other way and say oh like the quality of the muppet is better in Mm -hmm. uh the thing than in robocop and if that's what you want to focus on like the actual like crafting of the thing in the shot then sure i would understand saying that the thing is better but they're both very very uh interesting effects examples Yeah. yeah um the the um RoboCop is truly a movie that like all, like you can only have a director like Paul Verhoeven who is doing this for 27 years before he makes RoboCop, you know? Um and like a lot of these are very very cheap Dutch movies, you know? Like financed huh. with like public's art funding um and like you know, investment capital, not like a studio movie like robocop is um and so like verhoven has such a good handle on the storytelling and the craft of this movie that like i think he's able to make the effects work too because he has so much practice at like the regular stuff you know i Mm. didn't realize so how do people feel about total recall is that like that is a movie people like i have not seen it i think it's interesting that the two movies that i think of as the the heads of the 2010s let's remake an old sci-fi movie trend are RoboCop and Total Recall yeah. both seeming apparently directed by Paul Verhoeven I did I didn't know that Total Recall was directed by Paul Verhoeven but I think of the uh RoboCop and Total Recall remakes as emblematic of the like remakes trend of yeah. the 2010s Totally totally I didn't know that they were from the same director originally yeah um i wonder if both of the remakes are connected in any way probably not probably not just because like robocop let's see here um produced by orion pictures um i don't have there's no way this isn't like a big studio movie right uh owned by mgm and then let's see total recall 1990 film um distributed by tristar which i think is owned by columbia so yeah probably not probably not intersecting in any way for the simple fact of like ip you know i mean what if they had the same director or something it's what i mean oh maybe i don't know there could be a guy out there who's like i want to remake all these movies i don't know world cup 2014 um jose padilla and total recall 2012 Did did Total Recall twenty twelve was it successful? 
I don't know. Len Wiseman, Colin Farrell. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't think these intersect. Oh, Jessica Biel's in it. Story by Dan O'Bannon. Oh, right. Um, Dan O'Bannon, old friend of this podcast already, in weird ways. Um, budget one hundred twenty-five million. Box office two hundred million. So this was not like a smash hit. It it made its money back, but like all movies make their money back now. <laughs> um, I don't know. Crazy that they would have greenlit the RoboCop remake after this one is like a mi- moderate success, you know? Because I refuse to believe that the RoboCop remake came together over a period of more than like 18 months. <laughs> I don't know anything about that except that they made him an iPhone. <laughs> they did make him into an iPhone. Isn't that like a concept art of RoboCop that they turn into the remake design or something? Unlike the setting of the first film, the setting uh, of the Total Recall remake is on a dystopian Earth, not Mars. The film blends American and Asian influences, notably in the settings and dominant populations of the two nation states in the story, the United Federation of Britain and the colony, Australia. Um. Hmm. Well, we're not here to talk about Total Recall. No, though. we're not. <laughs> I know you love looking at Colin Farrell, but I, we are. I do not. <laughs> you love Colin Farrell. You're I, always talking about. Colin I care Farrell. not for. You're getting Farrell over Colin right now, so we need to go back to Robocop. A direct sequel to the original '87 film, tentatively titled Robocop Returns, is in development as of 2020. It ignores other entries in the series. Coward shit. We're also gonna watch the. Are we going to watch the 1988 show? Yes. Ni- okay. The 1988 Robocop cartoon. That'll probably be exclusive for $5 patrons, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Which uh, does predate Robocop 2. Okay. Weird. So that's... I always like checking whether or not it's, you know, a spinoff like oh, that. Oh, this is the... This is the... Um, uh-huh. This is the kids' show. This is the 1988 superhero animated series, according to Wikipedia. I thought for a second we were watching the, like... Uh, uh, um, I thought this was like a more serious show. Isn't there one that's like a more like show for adults? I don't know. Would you? Uh, is RoboCop cyberpunk? Yeah. Okay. I would agree with that, but I wanted to like touch base on this. Like... Might be what you're thinking of. Okay, RoboCop I'm thinking... Prime Directives, the yeah. 2001 Canadian TV miniseries. Yeah. Um, Four feature-length episodes: Dark Justice, Meltdown, Resurrection, and Crash and Burn. I thought this is what we were watching. I guess we can if you'd rather watch a show for adults. Yes, <laughs> I don't know if this is for adults. There's nothing here saying whether or not it's. I guess that's true. It's uh, well, it says that he re- Grant had no interest in perpetuating the approach of RoboCop, the fa- family-friendly TV series. And returned Robocop to his dark, violent roots. I kind of want to watch that. You Instead of the 88 cartoon? Would you rather watch four 90-minute episodes or, like, 12 20-minute episodes? Good point. Uh, I have to pee so we can finalize this later. <laughs> Where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at NeitherNora. You can find stuff I've done at NoraBlake.online. If you have questions about Robocop, emails of any kind about Robocop or about the Romeroverse, you can send them in to exportaudiopodcast at gmail.com. Just put uh, franchise in the title. Yeah. You can find me on tw- 
Twitter at autumnal underscore coffee. You can find me on co-host at autumnal over on co-host. Uh, I do weekly roundups of everything that happens on the Export Audio Network. All the podcasts that go out, um, uh, you can find there. You can find links to Patreon posts and free feeds and blah, blah, blah. You can go to exportaud.io. That takes you to the Patreon page where for $1 a month, you can get this podcast early, you can get Ornate Stairwells early, you can get Gotham City Limits early, um, and for $5 a month, you can get um, access to Pop Town Funk, which I'm going to insist we bring back soon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I need to just get Bending the Ink Machine out of my head. I don't care what we do. Um, And then uh, you get also get access to half of the episodes of coffee and comic books that comes out on alternating free paid uh schedule also if you just want to subscribe to the if you just go to the page like coffee and comic books is available the free episodes are on the patreon for free if you just want to have everything all in one feed so imagine you could have been listening to this on the 12th yeah if you had been a patron yeah We'll be done with RoboCop 3, and y'all will be waiting for a week to find out what our thoughts are. For just a dollar, you could just find out this week. And for, I, I guess for five, you can uh, hear us talk about RoboCop the series. Yeah, for five, you can hear us talk about RoboCop Prime Directives or the TV show. Whatever. We're going to watch something. Something. Like I say, I got a piece, so let's, let's uh, wrap this up. But what did you think about the scene where the fish man explodes? The fish man? Is this... When's the fish man? The what? guy gets dunked into the toxic waste and instantly oh, turns into a fish yeah, man. fuck yeah, dude! Fuck yeah, that guy gets dunked into the toxic waste and becomes an evil, fucked up fish guy. And then he gets exploded by a car. And Ray Wise says, get the fuck off me. <laughs> I think that's it for our Robocop episode. Yeah. Uh, bitches leave. I'm bitches. <laughs> <laughs>